Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Welcome to Text Talk. We're so glad that you decided to listen in with us this morning. I got to tell you a little bit of a story here <laughs> in Andrew's absence. So absence. in his absence, this man is on vacation while we're doing the Lord's work. Vacation. Um, that's right. Vacation. What is this? Be ready in season and out of season. There is no vacation in my book. Anyway, so a couple of weeks ago, we got done filming our week's worth of podcast, and I went to go pick up some lunch, and I come back, and Edwin and Andrew sit me down, and they look at me, and they're like, we, we want you to enjoy your lunch and really get ready because... We didn't save any of those podcasts because Edwin's mic wasn't plugged in. So we're going to have to start over and do all these all over again. And so <laughs> I sit there, you know, rethink taking this job and working here this summer. And I'm working with a couple of knuckleheads and I was just fuming. And then probably five or six minutes later, they can't keep it up anymore. And they just bust out laughing. They're like, we're just kidding. And I was, I was, I was done. So you guys can see how, how much I get bullied here by these two, but especially Andrew, especially, especially Andrew, Andrew, especially yeah. Andrew. Yeah. He's, he's a bully. At he's least bully. you're here. I, at least I'm here. I'm here. Right, <laughs> right on. But. Well, yeah. In all truthfulness, he, he has his, uh, his father had a little health scare a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. so right. it's, he, he really needed to get up there and check on him, and his father-in-law has some health issues, so they needed to make sure to take some time away. That's right. But still, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. I'm glad you're here. We're going to keep preaching. Acts yeah. chapter 22. I'm going to read verses 6 through 11. As I was on my way and drew near to Damascus, about noon, a great light from heaven suddenly shone around me, and I fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. Now those who were with me saw the light, but did not understand the voice of the one who was speaking to me. And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, Rise and go into Damascus, and there you will be told all that is appointed for you to do. And since I could not see because of the brightness of that light, I was led by the hand by those who were with me and came into Damascus. Here we have one of the most significant moments in the history of Christianity. One of the most significant moments of, of how the gospel is spread. Obviously, of course, the most significant moment are those three days. The days in which Jesus was crucified, buried, and resurrected. The most significant days in Christian history. This one comes in, it's got to be in the top five. Of significant moments. Not number one, but in the top five. <laughs> and that's the moment when Paul made his shift, when Paul made his turn. And what we find here as Paul is giving this testimony is his record of when the gospel was revealed to him. For Paul, this moment was paramount. It was momentous. It was a momentous moment. He comes back to it again and again and again. He speaks about it in so many different places. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 3, this is where he's going to talk about having had the revelation of the mystery. And he's going to say, as I wrote before in brief. Now I know, Jackson, you may not agree with me on this. There's a lot of debate about that in Ephesians 3.3 where he wrote about it before in brief. I am convinced 
that he's actually referring to the letter that he wrote to the Galatians, where in Galatians chapter 1, he talks about when the mystery was revealed to him. So I, I just want to flip over here to Galatians because I want to I want to read how he described it in Galatians chapter 1, verse 11. For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age who among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. All right goes back to what we talked about yesterday, though here he was talking about the traditions of the fathers. That's interesting. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. So he says here, Jackson, that the gospel was given to him by a revelation of Jesus Christ. When we hear that, what we might hear is the gospel was given to him as Jesus revealed the gospel to him. Does that make sense? That's kind of the way we might hear that? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. However, he actually comes back in a couple of verses and says, that's not what I'm saying at all. It's not, I received the gospel because Jesus set me down in a miraculous revelation session and told me everything about the gospel. He says, it's when God was pleased to reveal his son to me. He learned the gospel by a revelation of Jesus Christ, by Jesus Christ being revealed to him. It was this moment. It was this this moment where everything turned on a dime. It was, to use modern terms, a paradigm shift. It was this thing that happened that all of a sudden changed his perspective on everything. Now that he has seen the resurrected Savior, now that he knows this one Jesus, whom he's been persecuting folks for, he's been locking up the followers, he's been casting his votes against them in in whatever ways he is able to do that. Now that he has seen him, all of a sudden, everything changes. And so as Paul is giving his defense, he is talking about the moment in which the gospel was revealed to him. And that explains to us the heart of the gospel. The heart of the gospel is Jesus. When I see Jesus, when I recognize Jesus as resurrected Lord and Savior and King, now I understand the gospel. Now I understand the gospel. And the gospel is, there is a king who has conquered death. I need to get on his side. He, he brings life. There is the good news. There is the gospel. Paul comes back to this again and again and again. And in this revelation... When Jesus is revealed to him as the resurrected Savior, it, it, it actually has some consequences for his life. It actually, it actually redefines what he's been doing all of this time. You and I were talking earlier, Jackson. You, you pointed out something really great. Here, as Jesus is responding to Paul, we see this redefinition, at least in Paul's mind, by the words of Jesus, of what Paul has been doing all this time. Share that with us. I've been talking long enough. Your turn. Yeah, why don't you give that voice a break, you Mike Hogg? <laughs> I do what I can. All right. In Acts chapter 22 and verse 8, when Paul says, Who are you, Lord? And Jesus responds, I am Jesus of Nazareth, 
whom you are persecuting. Mm. Mm-hmm. Paul had never seen Jesus up until this point. Right. He had not been around Jesus and mistreated Jesus. Mm-hmm. So what he had been what had he been doing? Well, earlier on when he speaks about his case and gives his testimony, he says in verse 4 of chapter 22 of Acts, I persecuted this way to the death, binding and delivering to prison both men and women. Mm. So, what we're talking about here is that Jesus is telling him that really Paul has been persecuting him through the mistreatment of his disciples, mm. of his faithful children, mm-hmm. of Christians. And so that goes to show that there were consequences for Paul's actions persecuting the church that really not only had he been mistreating people, but he had been persecuting and mistreating Jesus, the Savior, up to this point. Oh, Lord, I would never do that to you. I would never do that to you. That's right. Uh, That (laughs) takes my mind back to Matthew chapter 25, verse 40, where Jesus says, when you did it to the least of my disciples, you Mm. did it to me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there in, in Matthew 25, there's he's talking about the idea of judgment. And he's talking about <clears throat> Christians and how they're actually treating one another. Mm-hmm. And he says, when you serve one another, you're serving me. And so now we see kind of the flip side of that. When you're persecuting Christians, you're persecuting Jesus. So so if you and I get persecuted, it's, it's like Samuel. They're not rejecting me. They're rejecting the Lord. That's right. So... If you'll bear with me, I have one more thought about this. Okay, go so, ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll, you, bear, you bore with me for six minutes, so you go I ahead. I bear with you every day, brother. So <laughs> back in Matthew chapter 5, uh, for those of you who are listening in our Sermon on the Mount class, Miss Boffman, Miss Wendy Boffman likes to give excellent um, connections between what we're studying and how that relates to Jesus' character. And I think really she kind of... Um, drove it home last night that Jesus embodies the Beatitudes. And so the commands that Jesus gives here on the Sermon on the Mount, is particularly in the Beatitudes, he, can, he has the authority to give those because he embodied them. And by he, last night, you actually mean several weeks ago. That's right, several weeks ago. <laughs> it's last night when we're recording, several weeks ago when we're, when we're, when we're listening. Right. Go ahead. <laughs> we're doing some time traveling here today. So... My mind is going to specifically Matthew chapter 5 and verse 10, where Jesus said, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then in verse 11, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. And then he even continues on and said, Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And so what I think we can see here is that as Jesus was persecuted and as we imitate Jesus and we are persecuted, his name is also persecuted. And I, I can't think of where the verse is. Maybe you can recall it, but he talks about how the world hated him. Mm. And so the world will hate us too. Mm-hmm. And that shows the extent of that relationship of when we are truly embodying these beatitudes, embodying what Jesus was teaching, we're going to look like Christ And when we look like Christ and we suffer for Christ, Jesus' name is also being persecuted as well. These Beatitudes have become—I'm glad I've been in that class. So for for those who are listening, not a part of our congregation, one of the classes we've got conducting for our adults, we're doing it through Zoom right now because of all this coronavirus stuff, has been the Sermon on the Mount. And we walked through these Beatitudes. What a— powerful description of kingdom character. 
I'm glad you've brought them up today because they've been since we've been studying them, they have really been playing on my mind, especially, especially with, with all the the stuff that's just been going on in our world right now. We're we're in an election year. And as far as I've been concerned, you know, social media has been around now for a little more in my life for more than a decade. And what I have found is that when elections come around, you find out that the the worst part of Christians come out on social media. So we're in election year. We've got the coronavirus stuff and everybody and their brother has an opinion about every aspect of it. And then we, we've just got the social unrest that's going on because of the awareness that's that's being brought up for all of us regarding racism and, and all that's gone on in our country. And then as that led to some protests that have gone awry, even by those who would have started some of those, they, they, they would say it's gone awry. And there's just all. And, and so everybody's just pushing back at one another and all. And, and we, as all that was going on, we were studying these Beatitudes, and, and I'm getting on the news, and I'm getting on Facebook and social media, and I'm comparing what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing, even from brethren, to this, to this list. Blessed are the uh, poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who are meek and hunger and thirst for righteousness. And then I see how, how we are acting, and I think, wow, there, there is a reason to mourn. You know, we're going to get this right. We're going to be like Jesus because Jesus was like this. Jesus, this, this, this is a description of Jesus, though his Absolutely. poverty in spirit was for a different reason than ours. I mean, the reason why you and I need to be poor in spirit is because we're sinners. That's right. He was poor in spirit because he loved us. Mm. Now, all, all of these things, this is Jesus and his example, and it led him to be crucified. It's, it's not going to lead us to a different place than that. And it didn't lead Paul to a different place than that. But just bring it all together. Bring it all together. It goes back to what you said. When that happens, when I am following Jesus, when Jesus is my king, and I am persecuted because Jesus is my king, and, you know, he's not just my king because I said, hey, he's my king. He's my king because I am following him and living like him. He's the one being persecuted. I feel like you want to say something, and then you can wrap us up. It's powerful. It really is powerful. Um, and I, I love, I also will say that I love the class, both from the teaching standpoint and from just being able to sit in when Andrew's doing the teaching. And it's amazing to see just how this all does come full circle. Mm. And we can trust that Jesus is our King because he embodied all of these things. And as Paul was shown, he saw the resurrected Savior. And one day we will too. Mm, and then it won't be worth it. So. Amen. Amen. All right, let's wrap up with a prayer here. Uh, don't forget, you can email us at texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. God and Father in heaven, thank you so much for your son Jesus, for our king, for the example that he set, for the revelation you have given of him. May his light shine in our heart. May his rule reign in our minds, our souls, our bodies. May we love you with all our might, our strength, our hope. May we recognize the risen Savior and that gospel of the King Jesus who has conquered death and has victory over sin. May we walk in the midst of this world the way your son did. God and Father, we love you so very much. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. 
Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. Well,